Hey guys, it's me, Vince, from the Bardic Inquisition, of course. I wanted to keep things relatively simple this week, so sorry for no weird off-the-wall introduction this time. This one is dedicated to all the non-players and all of the new players out there, because today we're just going to give a simple explanation of what D&D is and how to get started playing. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast, and hopefully you guys can learn enough to feel confident to sit down at your local game store or with a group of friends and give this a shot. And with all that out of the way, welcome to the Bardic Inquisition. Let's hit that intro. So, D&D, what is it, right? You might have seen memes on the internet, or perhaps you've watched Stranger Things and kind of got an idea based off of that. Well, to put it simply, D&D is a tabletop role-playing game. And I want to go ahead and break down all of the words in what I just said. First off, it's a game. Its sole purpose is to be played for fun. Pretty self-explanatory, right? Secondly, it's a tabletop game, meaning it's meant to be played with friends at a table. Sometimes in person, but not always. A lot of people use virtual tabletops. And sometimes with minis on a grid. But again, not always. Some people just use their imaginations, and that's good enough for them. And then finally, it's a role-playing game. It involves the players taking on the roles of heroes in a fantasy world. So when you put all of this together, what you essentially end up with is a group of players sitting around a table with character sheets representing their characters and a bunch of dice just rolling around. Usually these dice come in sets. These sets typically include a d4 or four-sided die, a d6 or six-sided die, a d8, a d12, two d10s for rolling percentages, and the most iconic and most used in D&D, the d20. But how did this even come to happen? Where did this game come from? Well, I'm going to go over that. And don't worry, I'll keep it brief. You see, in 1974, two men by the names of Gary Gygax and David Arneson invented Dungeons & Dragons based off of older war games like Chainmail, but with a certain twist. While in typical war games, you would control an army of people moved across the grid, in Dungeons & Dragons, you controlled one character. And that's kind of where the role-playing aspect came in. You see, with war games, it's really all about just the battle the combat. But with Dungeons & Dragons, well, since you're only controlling one character, it only made sense that you would control this same character outside of combat. 
and this made for a pretty interesting and unique game. However, while it was relatively popular amongst typical wargamers at the time, it was not without its fair share of problems. You see, the 70s had given rise to something known as Satanic Panic. Coming right off the back of the string of murders that was tied to Charles Manson and the Manson family, as well as other serial killers like Ted Bundy, America was understandably in a state of high alert, looking for possibly anything that could be tied to the occult. And in 1979, when a boy by the name of James Dallas Egbert went missing from his dorm at Michigan State University, people were looking for reasons why. Amongst the curious people were James's parents, who hired a private investigator to find out why he went missing. One of the first places the private investigator went was James's room, his dorm. And in James's room, he found D&D books. Now, James was already suffering from depression and there was some substance abuse, but without any other evidence or leads, the private investigator hired by James's family went to the press. This of course led to a myriad of stories and even books being written about the event that were less than true. And though later he was found alive, the damage had already been done, and he ended up taking his own life in 1980. May he rest in peace. For years, this tragedy haunted the game and everyone that played it, creating a false impression that the game was evil or satanic. And this is a falsehood that a lot of people continued to believe for years afterwards. Nowadays, though, I think it's fair to say that most people see D&D for what it really is, a game. In fact, D&D is currently in its fifth edition and is now owned by Wizards of the Coast, which is a subsidiary of Hasbro. Honestly, the game's been through a lot, but now, thanks to more positive marketing, it's doing a lot better and, in fact, is arguably mainstream now. But that's enough history, let's go ahead and move into how to play. A typical game of D&D consists of a dungeon master acting as one part guide, one part storyteller, and one part referee, and typically three to six players using either characters that they made themselves or pre-generated ones. Meant to be played around a tabletop or a virtual tabletop, a game of D&D is typically balanced between three pillars. Exploration, such as traveling the world, touring a vast city, or delving into a dangerous goblin-infested cave in search of treasure, social interaction, which involves the characters talking amongst themselves or other non-player characters controlled by the DM, and of course, the third pillar, combat, which is, you know, the fighting part. But what about you? How do you go about actually doing anything in the game? 
Well, it's actually more simple than you would think. You see, D&D uses a system of six primary stats and a lot of dice rolling to determine your character's abilities in the game. Number one, strength. This is how hard you can hit and how much you can lift. Number two, dexterity. This is how quick and agile your character is. Number three, constitution. This is your physical endurance and determines the number of HP or hit points your character has. This is basically your in-game health, what allows you to take hits in combat. Number four, intelligence. This is how much you know, how knowledgeable you are. And number five, wisdom. This determines kind of your street smarts, your sense of intuition kind of. And then there's number six, charisma, your overall charm and confidence. And these six stats all contribute to what your character does, or at least attempts to do in D&D. For example, dexterity might be used when your character attempts to hide, or wisdom might contribute to a role when you're trying to discern if someone is lying to you. And these are typically for you, just generally a d20 role, adding any bonuses that you have to those skills. Now, just as a note, sometimes you might have advantage or disadvantage on these rolls. That simply means that you'll roll two dice whenever you roll, and if you have advantage, you'll take the higher roll, and if you have disadvantage, you'll take the lower roll. Outside of combat, the game is pretty straightforward. Your DM lays out a scene before you, and you simply react to the environment. Sometimes your DM will ask you what you'd like to do, other times you or another character might feel inclined to simply state what you're doing. Let's use the classic trope of beginning in a tavern for an example. Our story begins at the Wood Hollow Inn. Known for its whimsical charm and pleasant atmosphere, the inn is typically brimming with activity. This night, in particular, the inn is relatively quiet. Looking about from your table in the corner, you can see small dancing lights flitting about, illuminating the tree-like inn. The sound of light chatter fills the air, and the smell of warm apple pie lingers about, giving the sense of comfort. What are you doing on this relatively uneventful evening? At this point, the players typically begin role-playing. Someone playing a roguish character might announce that they're going to try to pickpocket the other guests, and the DM might ask for a sleight-of-hand check. A person playing a more devout character, such as a cleric or paladin, might simply state that they are saying a quick prayer over their meal. Another character, perhaps a bard, might be flirting with the waitress while their friend, the fighter, sits next to them enjoying their glass of mead. You see, simple actions like talking to a person or walking around town do not usually require roles, whereas typically skill-intensive actions, such as pickpocketing, or trying to persuade a certain waitress to give you a discount on your meal, might require a skill check. Like I said, relatively straightforward. But now, let's move on to the most rules-intensive part of D&D, and that's combat. 
At the start of combat, everyone rolls something known as initiative. This is simply just a d20 roll plus a modifier on your character sheet called your initiative modifier. This is to determine turn order. Once turn order is decided, with typically the higher rolls going first and the lower rolls going last, combat proceeds starting with the first player and then going all the way to the last one, resulting in the first round of combat. Now, just as a side note, a round is 6 seconds. For some people, that won't really be relevant, as it's really only used in determining the duration of things like spells. Now, let's say you got the highest roll, and so you get to go first. That's great! Except, what do you do? Well, don't worry, I'm here to walk you through it. You see, there are five different kinds of actions you can do in combat. Number one, movement. You can move an amount of distance equal to your speed. And if you're using a grid with minis, five feet typically is represented by one square, so 30 feet would be about six squares. Now, it should be noted that you can break up your movement in between actions. For example, you might move forward 10 feet, cast a spell, and then move backwards 20 feet. Number two, main action. This is typically the action you use to make your attack or cast a spell, but it can be used to do other things such as special actions like the dash action, which doubles your movement, or the hide action, which is exactly what it sounds like. There's actually a pretty decent list of special actions you can take in combat, but I won't go over all of them right now. I mean, we are in combat after all. Number three, bonus action. This one really only comes up if you have spells like Healing Word or class features like the Bard's Bardic Inspiration that require a bonus action to use. Number four, reaction. This type of move is special in that it can be taken on someone else's turn. Typically, a spell or ability will say if it's a reaction, but there's one type of reaction that everyone has access to, and that is the attack of opportunity. An attack of opportunity can be used to hit an enemy with a melee weapon that you're holding if they are in melee range and move away without taking the special disengage action. Number five, interaction. This one's relatively simple. It's just doing a small thing like drawing a weapon, pulling a lever, or speaking for a few seconds. Once you're done doing everything on your turn that you want to do, you simply pass the turn to the next character. And the turns and rounds pretty much proceed this way until the battle ends. Usually because the enemies are dead or there's some kind of truce made. But that brings me to my next point. What happens if you die? Luckily, D&D is fairly forgiving. So when you reach zero hit points, by one method or another, you are not necessarily dead yet. In fact, when you reach zero hit points, you begin dying. If your turn comes around and you are dying, you simply make a death saving throw, or death save for short. This is a simple d20 roll with no modifiers. Rolling a 9 or lower counts as a failure, with a 1 counting as 2 failures. 
If you get three failures, your character dies. You also die if you take a single hit that does damage equal to two times your max health. However, rolling a 10 or higher counts as a success, and if you get three successes, you stabilize. Now if you roll a nat 20 on a death save, or if you are healed, your character instantly goes to 1 HP or however much HP you were healed for, and is no longer unconscious or dying. After a battle, loot is often awarded. This can be currency, such as copper, silver, or gold coins. This can be gems, or sometimes even magic items. You might also earn XP or experience points, depending on how your DM handles leveling. Like a lot of other games, as you play through your sessions, eventually your character levels up. This gives your character access to more abilities or spells. And this, in combination with finding magic items, exploring the world, having fun with friends, and engaging in tactical combat are all reasons that so many people enjoy the game. Aside from being a tabletop role-playing game, D&D can pretty much be whatever you want. It can be a gritty, horror-filled game where your character could die at any moment, or it can be a light-hearted, high-fantasy game full of laughs and jokes. At the end of the day, it really only boils down to finding the right group of friends to play with. So, get out there. You know, maybe have a look around at your local game store or gather some of your close friends and get some games going. Maybe even take up the mantle of DM yourself, like I did. Some people might say this is bad advice as you've never played, but I'll be honest with you, I never played a single game of 5th edition before I picked it up and started DMing. There are a plethora of resources out there if you decide to do it, and more power to you if you do. But that's all I've got for you guys today. Let's go ahead and move on to the outro so we can get you guys out of here. Alright guys, that is gonna do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget, if you have any questions, you can email me at bardicinquisition at yahoo.com. And you can also find me on Twitter at bardinquisition. And we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash bardicinquisition. We also have a Bardic Inquisition Discord, which I will link to in the show notes. Well, that's all I've got for this week. Again, thank you guys very much for listening to this episode of the Bardic Inquisition, and have a good week. And hey, maybe try playing D&D. I have show notes now, so I don't even have to do this part anymore. <clears throat> so, yeah. Bye, guys. <laughs>